indeed he is, mighty to say. We're going to begin a series on worship. So I figured that Chuck probably can help us with that. What do they do as a Christian congregation? Sell tickets to Sunday Starbucks, plan services around the NFL schedule, or serve up something better than to go to casserole at the church public. Well, it's important, and that last one is, it's not the most important thing we do as a church. For those of you who said worship, ding, 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 winner, winner, chicken dinner, worship is the most important thing we do. The most important action we take as a Christian congregation. Because of what worship means. So, what does worship mean? Sounds like that's what we're talking about. Worship. On this episode, Chuck knows the church. Oh, no. The beats are nice down. So, what is so important about worship, you say? This uh, all-important action that we take as a Christian congregation. Why all this stretching? and a warm-up. And what does that have to do with worship? Well, the word worship comes from the old Anglo-Saxon word worthon. Worthon. To declare how much something is worth. Worthon. And that's worthon. Come 
worship is for God. And it's easy for us to get distracted from that. You know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the interesting thing about religion is the interesting thing about religion is the interesting thing about religion is yeah, there you go. I knew you were right Because it's not us. It's not us. The interesting thing about religion is not us. We make it about us, but it's not really about us. But the thing is that we form a lot of opinions right in life. It's kind of comparison shopping is how we do stuff. If if you're going to go out and buy some clothes, well, not not there's different. You know, there's a difference between shoppers and buyers, right? How many people are shoppers? Uh, how many people are buyers? <laughs> and I'm in trouble because the kid raised their hand both times. <laughs> Shoppers tend to go in there and they check stuff out, right? You got to compare it and you got to what, what about this one? What about this one? What about this? And compare and compare and compare. Buyers, we have a tendency to go. Thank you. We go and get what, we, what, what we're after. Um, and that's kind of the way that it works. It's the way that we that we do life, and and it has worked its way into the church. It, some some folks have called it the worship wars, where we've had a, our own preferences become a, a battleground. Whether should we have contemporary worship or should we have traditional worship? Should it be my favorite style or is it going to be your favorite style? Music often gets in the middle of that. We think of worship as only music, when worship is far more than that. It's how we live our life. As you know, it's, a, it's an action, it's a verb. But please know that there is profound worship in every style of worship. But having said that, if we're going down that road of style, we're headed to the wrong place because we're going to our preference. And that's not what worship is for. It's, I don't worship what I decide is the right thing. I worship God. I worship God Almighty. So I'm supposed to be heading down his road to meet him. And, and worship is to be an offering to him. It's not about what my preference is or your preference. It's something else altogether. It's the offering of our very best selves to God. The sun cannot compare to the glory of your love. There is no shadow in your of the harvest to God. It's been going on since the days of the temple. It's been going on a very long time. 
We worship on the first day of the week. Sunday is the first day, not the last day. God's people were instructed to bring their first fruits to the temple to God. So worship is an offering of our very best selves, our real selves. God knows who you are. Bring who you are. Don't bring somebody else. But bring your real selves to God. And in our passage today, we see Isaiah providing us with, with an awesome picture of worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. He's overwhelmed by the beauty of what He encounters. There's nothing other than, than the experience of praise and experience of worship. Then something happens. In authentic worship, this happens. You experience the holy. We see ourselves in a different way, and immediately Isaiah recognizes and says, Woe is me. I am an unclean man, and I live among an unclean people. When we're in the presence of holy, we understand suddenly, oh my gosh, the best that I can do isn't good enough for the holy and pure of God. When we enter into worship, we experience that trance, that change, and it's transforming for us. And that's the purpose of worship. It's not that that's what it's for, because we worship, our worship is God, right? But if you encounter God, if you're worshiping God, it cannot help but transform you and me. When we encounter the Holy God, it changes us like it did Isaiah. The God of the Bible is powerful and mighty, pure and holy, just. Righteous, gracious, merciful, abounding in love. Our guilt is taken away, our sense of forgiving. Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. It's not that we didn't do anything to earn it. He died for us there. And when we encounter him, we want to become more like him. It's about that relationship that we have with God. And when we experience the Holy, it gets our attention. Because the last part of our passage was... Who shall I send? God is going, okay. Who shall I send? Who will go for us? Who is going to go for us? He asked that of Isaiah, but he also asked that of you and me every day of our life. Who will go? And we respond one way or the other. Some days we may say, no, I'm not going to go. But Isaiah gives us the clearance. Here I am. Here I am. Send me. Send me. And if we've entered into the world of the Bible, then we're a long way from that comparison shopping thing. We're a long way from sizing up and creating our own deity to match our own preferences and our own desires. The roles are reversed. The world is upside down. And all of a sudden, we're part of somebody else's agenda. We're part of God's agenda. And in that moment, that's a moment of transformation. That's a moment that can change you and change me forever if we'll let it. If we'll let it. Worship is all about praise, confession, forgiveness. And from that flows the desire to glorify God in all that we do. Who shall I send and who will go for us? Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Now, without worship, it's easy for us to deceive ourselves and ignore others. Without worship, we can wander off into all kinds of places, and none of them is the destination that God would have for us. Without worship, everything else is threatened. 
We still have yes, that's ours. It's mine. You want 10% of my stuff? Instead of saying that, oh, you're going to let me keep 90%? You only want 10% to provide it all. You're, gonna, you're giving me 90%? It's my stuff. The world's a resource to be used. Our neighbors are those that we're in competition with to over the stuff that we want. Without worship, that's where we land. But with worship, that changes. And I love it, what Chuck said. Worship is a verdict. Worship is not something we attend. It is something we do. Several miles to lift up. And however he said he'll approach the mail. Bow down. Let's raise you, sir. Lift up. Bow down. Sir. Lift up. Bow down. Sir. That's what we do, right? Lift up. Bow down. Sir. We will embrace that. It will transform our lives.